welcome back to a Circle of Joy podcast uh, on the topic of a crisis of faith. I'm Marcia Means, Christian author and counselor and uh, leader of A Circle of Joy. And I, I welcome all of our listeners and I welcome back Catherine and Marcella to continue the conversation. Hi, ladies. Hi, Marcia. Hi. So nice to have you back. Well, we have some more questions. I'm going to throw them out there and let each of you begin to unpack your crisis of faith. So, Catherine, I'll throw the ball to you again first. Um, uh, the next question is, what form did your crisis of faith take? And you've already hinted at that a little bit, but um, expand on it. Uh, was it just one dead silence? You said you, he, went, he went quiet on you. God went quiet. Or, or were there varying forms it took? How long did it last? What was it like? Yeah, um, my crisis of faith. I think as a pastor's wife, because I was a pastor's wife um, up to that time. <laughs> and so I think for me, I was really in denial. I'll be really honest. I was in denial that I was really struggling with my relationship with God. I kind of made excuses. So for God. Um, so, for example, God being quiet with me, um, I just figured that God was wanting to mature me uh -huh. um, or... Um, that, you know, my anger towards God, I would so deny that I was angry with God. Mm -hmm. I would say, but God didn't do anything to me. It was my husband who did it. So I'm angry with him. And uh, so there was a lot of denial mm -hmm. that I was going through for, I would say, about three and a half years. Um, so when D-Day happened, April 1st, as I said in the first podcast, mm -hmm. um, for a couple of months, my husband was, you know, truly repentant. He was just sharing his heart with me. And even though I was in trauma, uh, there was an intimacy there and mm -hmm. I could hear the Lord speaking to me. He, he wanted me to stay in the marriage because mm -hmm. I wanted uh, to, to, you know, run yeah. like crazy. I did. I think Marcella talked about the whole fight and flight. Mm -hmm. I wanted to run. And yet the Lord really pressed it on my heart to stay. And um, so as long as my husband and I, we were working through it for the first three months, it, I, you know, God's presence was there. But then one day um, something happened and my husband basically told me that it was his path. I had to deal with it, get over it. Oh. I needed to forgive him and move on. And I think that day was the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, if I could put my finger on it, I would say that was probably the very beginning of that whole sense of, oh, no, I'm all alone. I'm abandoned. Oh. I don't know what to do. Okay. And, um, and, you know, would pray to God about it and seek his counsel, but I couldn't hear him. I couldn't sense his mm -hmm. presence. And I think another aspect, not only my denial that I was going through a crisis initially, but also this sense of, of um, feeling so alone yeah. and so abandoned 
because we, we lost everything and we mm -hmm. moved, um, you know, into the woods far away from everything that I knew. Mm -hmm. I'm a, I was born and raised in Montreal. Oh, so I'm a city, city girl. girl, city girl. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, and, um, and all of a sudden living in the woods, uh, in a mobile home and not having friends around me mm. and not having money to go to a counselor. Yes. So I was so alone in this journey and remembering just, I mean, I couldn't really even buy books. Mm. So I just mm. opened up the Bible and read and read and read. And mm. yet words were not jumping out at me. I just, so I felt so abandoned oh, no. by the Lord that he hadn't provided for me. And, um, and because the trauma was so great and I taught, I've shared with my ladies in my group that it was becoming almost a paranoia fear. Mm. Um, and just my trust was so shattered mm. that having a hard time even trusting that the Lord was there. Mm. So yeah, there was a lot of big huge issues that I was facing with yeah. the Lord. And I think really, if I could, you know, say it in one sentence is my expectations of who I thought God was, was shattered. Just like my heart had been shattered into mm -hmm. a million pieces. Mm -hmm. My expectation mm -hmm. of how I thought the Lord would be there for me mm -hmm. was broken into a million mm -hmm. pieces. And this went on for three and a half years mm -hmm. until one day I was at a healing retreat and uh, the woman that was working with me uh, just basically said, I think you're angry with God. Mm -hmm. And I remember just hearing though that sentence from somebody else directed to mm -hmm. me, I just remember what it did to me. Mm -hmm. And I remember that it just came flooding out of me mm -hmm. how angry I was and how abandoned I was. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't being my dad. He wasn't mm -hmm. being my protector. He wasn't being who I thought he was. Mm -hmm. And the effects of me saying all of this for the first time, not only to her, but really to myself and yeah. accepting that this was how I really felt. I ended up being on the floor oh. in a fetus position because I was so oh, heartbroken. Oh, wow. Wow. And I have so many things going through my head. You know, sometimes... We, what's the book title really that you're going to be using for the Crisis of Faith group? Sometimes these kinds of crises take us to a deeper walk with oh, God yeah. we could oh, never yeah. have known had we not yeah, had so much loss. Yet it's just, it just tears my heart to hear. I mean, I can see you on the floor in a room with other people. Oh, Catherine. Thank you. Mm. Yeah. Oh, Marcella. Oh, I, you know, I have this image of you so heartbroken, so labeled. People pointing their fingers at you, the system fingering you. you lot, your children are gone. Um, what did your crisis of faith feel like, look like? What form did it take? How long did it last? 
Well, it was pretty bad before I even moved out, but when, once he was arrested and um, I started to just crumble, I mm. remember going to um, my pastor's house, a pastor that we had been at for 10 years, um, and they had counseled me at one point just to be a better wife, and oh. remember that I was crying when I got to their house and that I wouldn't go in. I stayed on the porch, and I basically said, how... Could God love me? Look at the people he's given me to. Look at what my dad was like, my grandfather, oh, and yeah. my husband now. Oh, How is this love? Yeah. How do I make yeah. sense of this? And it was yeah. really, I was really devastated. But I think oh. the hardest thing of all was when my kids, my older kids, turned mm. against me. Yeah. And they wanted me to be put into a mental hospital. Oh. And they wanted me to hurt. They wanted to take the younger kids away. And they succeeded at that. And I just had no place to put that. Yeah. Um, they were. Still hurts. It just made everything. Nothing made sense. Yeah. Nothing made sense. And there was nothing to cling to. Um, I didn't have any trust for any human being at all. And I had no trust left for God. So mm. it doesn't leave you in a very good place. Yeah. <laughs> no. And, um. I was basically in my alone in this little apartment, just crying and crying oh. and crying and crying and screaming and crying and just where, oh. where is, where are we going from here? Where is there to go? And yeah. it was just a very dark place, oh. but I did start to reach out to me, um, to clear up in little, little parts. Um, one thing was when I knew my husband was going to prison, um, I didn't, I didn't have to make him pay anymore. It's hard to explain this, but before that, when I'd see all the things that he was doing that were hurting our family, and I didn't know about the incest, but mm -hmm. everything else that to me seemed like he was just destroying our family mm -hmm. by just constantly changing the standards and allowing so many things that he promised never to allow. And I, I wanted him, I wanted God to stop him. I wanted God oh. to you know, do something. Don't let him get away with this. But when I knew he was going to prison, then I didn't have to oh. feel like that anymore. I could like, okay, fine, good. No, God is going to take care of him. And I could stop. Yeah. Um, I stopped feeling, I stopped feeling like I had to make him pay. Okay. That, and justice. that, that was a good place. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because it was yes. like, okay, God says vengeance is mine. Yes. So yes, God is not going to let him get away with this. And, Correct. and, um, that, I remember the first, um, I'm not, ex I don't have a good timeline. There was so much trauma that yeah. I don't know exactly when things happened, but I remember that I had not slept for days and I oh. sat in my bed and I just said, you have to help me. There's nowhere else to go. Oh. You have to help me. I need to sleep. I need relief. And I felt oh. like God said to me to call my husband's cell phone and to read him scripture. And I just said, that's crazy. You can't ask, you cannot ask me to do that. That is not fair. No, you cannot make me do this. But when I would try to pray, nothing else would come. That was the only thing I would get. And I just wrestled with it for, for hours until I finally just called his cell phone and I knew he shut it off at night. And I just opened my Bible and I just said, I don't know what to read them. And I just saw some scriptures and I suddenly knew exactly what to read. Mm -hmm. And I read these scriptures until his message was full and I hung up yeah. and I went to sleep and I slept all night oh. and that continued for like three weeks. Wow. And it was so weird because 
as I was reading him the scripture, I was reading me the scripture. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it was reminding me of the only hope that we had yeah. was in God. Yeah. The only hope was in God. And that nothing that I could do was going to fix it. Nothing that I was could do mm-hmm. would make the least bit of difference. Only yeah. God would be able to. And so right at that time, right at the beginning there, I think he started to put me back together. Wow. You know? Yeah. And it, it, as crazy as it might sound to people who don't know God or don't have that kind of a relationship with him, what, what I can hear is he spoke to you in a very small, still, but very personal way. Um, many of us would think, I mean, a whole lot of us who are Christians would think, now I really am nuts. I think something's telling me to read the Bible over my husband's cell phone. But you evidently had enough faith left, Marcella, that after wrestling with it for hours, you did it anyway. But he tells us that his sheep know his voice. And I knew his voice. I had heard from him many times. And I knew it was him. There was never, that was never one of the questions Mm. I had, if this was God Mm -hmm. or not. I knew it was God. I just didn't, I just didn't think it was reasonable for him to require me to do that. But really, I know (laughs) even looking back that he knew exactly what I needed to do. And um, after the three weeks, my husband did um, pick up the phone when I called and he said, um, I could have never touched a Bible again in my life. Thank you for reading those. I listened to them at work and I can't. I can't undo what I've done. Oh. Yeah. And that, you know, and it's true. Yeah. <laughs> Very yeah. true. But his voice was back to being the, the voice of the man that I married, not the man that I had lived with for wow. the past 10 years. Wow. And so, um, wow. It was, it was just, it was something that God did for me. For both of you. For, me, you know? mm-hmm. for, for you and for him. Mm-hmm. And he has repented, and he has been serving the Lord since he went in, um, whether or not, I mean, he can't undo what he did. Right. So right. we'll just leave that alone. That's his story. Yes. <laughs> but yes. my story is that I think that God did that, and because I knew he was going to prison, it kept me maybe from being as revengeful as I would have been otherwise. Okay. Um, and I think that was very important, because I think mm-hmm. through this whole journey, God has shown me over and over that. I have to keep my heart. I have to let him be God. And I'm not the one that brings justice to people, mm. brings justice in life. That, that's his job. That's his job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Oh, well, I'm going to try to fit at least one more question in here in the time we have left. And, and Marcella, I think I'll have you go first because your stories is fresh, you know, it's hanging in the air still. Um, how long how long did it take before that happened was it it was a few weeks is what i think i'm remembering you sharing this morning so that it, tell us how long was that absolute vacance where god was back, supposed to be when i when i was still at home it started that's and it was right. just horrible that's right not okay. being able to, to do anything to change the atmosphere in our home and being told that it was my fault, that I was the toxic agent. Yeah. And having my children say, Mom, everybody can see how much Dad loves you. What's wrong mm-hmm. with you that you can't see it? And 
thinking, I must be losing my mind. Mm -hmm. I must be crazy because I don't see what they see at all. And then finally, when I moved out, there was a little bit of relief that I think we were out six or seven months when he was arrested. Okay. And then they came and took my daughter. When my daughter, when they took my daughter was when like my world just completely oh, collapsed. Yeah. And, um, although I knew as soon as he was arrested, I knew that life as we knew it had ended. It was over. It was over. Yeah. That our family, the family that we had was gone, that that was gone. Yeah. And, um. You know, when something like that happens, you can't see that God can give you something. I remember reading in the book of Job, and he lost his children, and then he got more yes. children. It was like, I would get so angry at that and say, it doesn't matter if he gets more children. Right. He lost his children. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ones that I had. No, I already had my life. I had my life back. Yes. Yeah. But oh. I have, um, I'm okay with it now. I know that I'm never going to have my life back, not that life, but God's uh -huh. given me a life that's worth living. Yes. So, um, but it took, uh, it took in 2008 and 2009, I knew I had lost custody of my children for good. Um, by 2010, my oldest son that they took, he was, um, 15 or 16 when he went into foster care. He came home when he turned 18. Um, and mm. I think that that was at the beginning of my life turning around mm -hmm. I had been coming toward God as much as I could all that time but I wasn't seeing much results but once he came home and I could see the hurt in him and the, mm. the, really the devastation in him mm. at losing his dad at losing his family at having oh. to leave his high school he was he had to leave Everything. being the captain of the wrestling team and as oh. far as he knew everyone in the world hated him oh. and um it made me immediately know that I had to get it together because mm. these kids were going to need somebody that knew what they were going through. And wow. so that did help me a lot just to forget about what I needed at the time and to focus on something else. But God did supply what I needed. And he's, he has turned around really. Um, I'm really pleased to see the changes God's wrought in his life. That's great. Oh, Thank you. Thank you. Well, Catherine, how about for you? Um, I, I think from what you've said, it was about three and a half years. But mm -hmm. set me straight. What did coming back to God look like? Did it happen that day when you ended up on the floor? And where has that coming to God, coming back to God taken you? Uh, is your walk Great is your is your bond with him greater? Is your walk closer mm -hmm. to him now? Mm -hmm. Share that with us. Yeah, um, it's somewhat similar to Marcella. Um, when I found out about my husband D Day three months into it, I'm not you know feeling really a, that sense of yeah, abandonment with the Lord. The very yeah. beginnings of it, I remember walking out of my mobile home and um, we had an acre of property and away from my husband and I remember just it was the Lord and I in my head and I remember imagine a five foot ten and a half woman me oh. you know standing on the ground and stamping my feet outside mm -hmm. and basically making a declaration and basically my declaration is this I know Lord 
what you say in scripture. I know that you're faithful. I know you have not abandoned me. I know you love me unconditionally, that I can't even fathom that kind of love. And I know that you know what I'm going through. I just don't feel you. Um, and that was the begin. That was my declaration. And for three um, and a half years, I just really honestly um, kept telling myself this. You know what scripture says, Catherine? Mm -hmm. you, know, you know that God is faithful. Mm -hmm. This is really the enemy trying mm -hmm. to um, cause doubt in your life. Mm -hmm. And so I... You know, I would read scripture. I would listen to my worship music. I did what I could to not forget what that truth was. Mm -hmm. Now, did that allow me, did that open up the door for me to hear God during that time? No, I had to obviously go through. Um, the Catholics have this wonderful saying, and I'm probably not saying it right, but it's, it has to do with uh, the darkness of the night. It is mm -hmm. this, this barren time that you have with the Lord. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I knew, because I've known God my whole life, mm -hmm. that good was going to come through it. But I had to go through hell first. Wow. And I was going through hell. Sure. And that I knew, I knew slash hoped <laughs> mm -hmm. that that what would come out on the other side would be so much better than what I was experiencing or what I had experienced with the Lord. I just had to go through this, this, this experience, yes. right? Yes. And um, just believing that what God was putting me through that because he's outside of time and space, that he already knew where he was going to land me. Mm -hmm. And that I would mm -hmm. I would have a greater intimacy with the Lord. Now, that didn't mean that I didn't go weeks with yelling at the Lord in the woods. Because I would. <laughs> I would yell at him. I would argue with him. I would, I, you know, I was very raw with the Lord. But during those raw, raw moments that I had with him, I never felt condemnation. Mm. I just felt his arms around me, you know, this sense of, I don't know if they were, I'm sure it was his arms, but there's just this sense that the Lord wasn't angry with me mm. and that I needed to to get that off my plate with him. And so when I finally was able to be honest in that ministry session three and a half years later, I was able to finally confess to God, yeah, I was really angry with you. And yes, I felt abandoned by you. And yes, I did not trust you. But I'm willing, I'm willing mm. to choose to trust you again mm. you know I'm willing to choose to allow you to go into that pain my trauma mm. and allow you to do what you need to do and from that moment on really was the beginning of I believe true healing yes. I needed to confess that to the Lord I personally my story I needed to stop denying it and I needed to confess that for the Lord to finally say, and I'm sure he said this, 
Finally, Catherine. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> I've been waiting a long time for you to do this, to say this. <sighs> and uh, that's when I really do feel that the Lord came in and started to deal with my trauma mm. and, and all my hurts and, and all of that. So. <sighs> Oh, that's exciting. Both of you, uh, amazing stories. And as I've been listening, um, I just have to say this uh, for, for all you who are listening today, whether you have met God or not, whether you found out about your husband's addiction after you already knew God or you still don't know him, I hear an element besides the train in the background. <laughs> I hear, yeah, I hear something that makes me think of a Bible verse in the book of Hebrews in the New Testament in chapter 11. Yes. Um, Catherine came close to saying it, and and Marcella, you did the same thing after several hours of basically telling God he was crazy for telling you to call your husband's cell phone and read scripture. But for both of you, there was that substance of faith. And in, yes. in Hebrews 11, the faith chapter in the Bible, there's a verse that says, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things we don't see. That's an old yes. translation. But, but I talked to myself and to God about this fairly often that um, do we believe in the wind? Do we believe in electricity? Do we believe uh, that people can be angry and we might not know it? There are so many millions of things on planet Earth and in the universe that we believe in yeah. that we can't prove. Yeah. Um, do we, on our darkest nights, when we're most depressed, when we can't sleep, do we think the sun won't rise tomorrow? Or mm -hmm. do we uh, have that element of faith that the sun is something that we hope for, even though we can't see it tonight? The evidence isn't there. Uh, our hope, our faith can still be in it. And that's what I've heard both of you share in, in your own ways is that Finding your way back to that constant contact with God as you had known him earlier in life, uh, that was predicated on your willingness to hope for something you couldn't yeah. feel or see, yeah. which is faith. You yeah. had the faith. And isn't it cool that he showed up for both of you? Amen. <laughs> How would we have survived, Marcella, without you? We couldn't have. You couldn't have. No. It really is. In Marcella's story and in my story, we are really sharing God's testimony yeah. in us. In I really believe stories. that. Yeah. And there's nowhere else to go. There's exactly. nowhere else. There's nowhere else. else. There's no one go. else that can help you. There's nobody nope. else that can help you. Yeah. Exactly. like this. Yeah. Um, totally agree. Wow, that was so exciting. I, my eyes are full of tears, but I'm grinning like a Cheshire cat. <laughs> Thank you both. I know we're out of time. So I'm going to just say goodbye, people. We'll be talking next time. And we'll keep talking about Crisis of Faith with Catherine and with Marcella. Thank you. Bye. Bye, Bye ladies.